And here we go. That's right. You're back in Redline, and we're still on the West Coast out here playing the Padres. And let me tell you what happened, ladies and gentlemen. The Reds have now won back-to-back games. They win one tomorrow. They got a winning streak. Yeah, I like to quote Major League every now and again. Anyways, so how'd this game go down? The Reds won 3-2, to two, and it was kind of uh, in a heroic fashion by Derek Dietrich. But let's start this game off, but let's set it up first. So what happened? Let's go back to yesterday's recap when I said I was really worried about Disco going up against this Padres lineup because I thought he was going to get beat around, but... I did say, I hope he does pitch well so we can parlay this guy for a trade. So my 99.7% of always being right is intact. So what did Disco do? I'll just lay it out there for you. Six innings, two hits, one run, came off a home run in the third, one walk, limited the walks, and six Ks. He was at 80 pitches through six innings. Get rid of that walk, you're more efficient. Now, here's what else happened. I said yesterday that this guy Strom's name was Wyatt. I don't know why. Maybe I was thinking Wyatt Earp. His name is Matt Strom. And he's no world beater. But, man, the guy I said had a 643 ERA yesterday. Give up nothing, man. Eight innings. I think he only allowed two or three hits. Only the one earned run off of a Suarez home run. I'll get to that in a little bit. He didn't walk anybody. and struck out five. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have some worrying to do about the offense. There's no reason this offense should be kept away by these pitchers because the last three pitchers, now I will say, Walker Bueller has a lot, has a real high upside, man. His ceiling is up there. And I will say, Paddock, ceiling is up there. But this strong guy, forget, forget the ceilings and the floors. These three guys just look like Cy Young the last three games. But anyway, to make a long story short, the Reds have now won back-to-back games. They're probably feeling a little good about themselves. They had some late-in heroics. We'll get into it. But let's talk about how this game started off. Joey Votto's batting leadoff again. David Bell! You're now two for two with Joey Votto batting leadoff. But it still doesn't mean you need to do it. You need to move him down to the lineup. Find your leadoff hitter. Anyway, so, top of the first, Suarez hits a home run off of Strom, and that's all they scratched off this guy for eight innings. And he's not hiding the ball. He's not great. I will tell you this. I was proud of the Reds hitters because there's a little bit of philosophy change. They only struck out seven times. And I know you're like, seven times? Yes, seven times. Seven times. Seven times. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is huge for a team that consistently strikes out 10 plus times a game, they were putting the ball in play. But what they got to do is get better wood on the baseball, drive it, get a little bit more uh, launch angle percentage the right way, and drive the baseball. Because, well, one of those hits, Joey Votto had a single, I think, in the seventh or eighth, and it was a uh, oopsie daisy opposite field blooper to left field, man. It was a, I'm not going to say it's a thing of beauty, but it's only. Very few hitters can do it. Joey Votto did it like it was just another day at the ballpark, which 
pun was intended. Anyways, to make a long story short, so we got the Suarez home run in the top of the first, and then the bottom of the third, this Fernando Tatis Jr. hits his home run, and that puts the Padres tied with the Reds one-to-one. And then it was a pitching duel from then on out. So let's talk about Disco. He already got his line. He pitched six innings. And then they started flumming around with different relievers. David Hernandez came in. Wandy Peralta came in, got a couple Ks. And then they went into some other pitchers. But David Bell, you took seven pitchers in this game. Man, when you brought in Zach Duke to close, I didn't know what you were thinking. You should have just brought Lorenzen in to close. I don't understand you. Now... Either you leave Jared Hughes in there to pitch to the uh, ninth hitter and the first hitter, and then you bring in Zach Duke to neutralize Hosmer. I would have understood that. But if you're just going to do this, just bring in Lorenzen. You would just use Zach Duke the night before, and you used him correctly. And I even give you props, David Bell, because you used Zach Duke correctly. Now you're bringing him in, and I think it was bringing him in knowing that Hosmer was up third, but he's a loogie. Use him as to neutralize a left-handed hitter like you did last night. So, David Bell, that's going to go on my bad things list because you almost let this game, you almost scratched you almost scratched a loss out of the claws of victory. Anyways, to make a long story short, what happened? there? It's one-to-one, man. And, uh... Craig Statham comes in. I'll tell you another thing. In the top of the ninth, this Kirby Yates guy, he's their closer. He's got a real sub-1 ERA. He's got a few saves. I think several saves. Anyways, Puig keeps stepping out, and the Padres fans are like booing Puig. And I'm like, hey, this Kirby Yates man is waiting for a freaking presidential pardon to even start his wind-up. So, Padres fans, build your own closer. This is crazy. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, Dietrich comes up. And uh, I'm telling you what, man, the guy hit a two-run jack. Because I will tell you this, Iglesias got on by an error. And it was Tertis Jr. who threw the ball away and got him on there. So in the top of the 11th, Dietrich comes up, who had been double shifted in or whatever, or double switched in. Dietrich takes a two-run home run deep. It was awesome. Goes up 3-1. to one. And then that's when all the shenanigans with David Bell started. Should have let Jared Hughes go out there. He can go two innings. He's a sinker baller. You had the bottom of the lineup coming up. I mean, come on, David Bell. Anyways, to make a long story short. So... David Bell gets Tatis. Well, not David Bell. Zach Duke gets to Fernando Tatis Jr. And he walks him. Really, 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 really frustrating. Now, Zach Duke did strike out their pinch hitter. And while David Bell probably thinks he's, like, going to win the Nobel Prize for baseball, you know, operations and strategy, that's not the point, David Bell. He walks Fernando Tatis Jr. And then I gotta get on your I gotta get on you, David Bell. Let me let me let me do that correctly. I gotta get on you, David Bell! Because you put a shift on 
with Hosmer. And Tatis Jr. stole second, which is not a problem. I don't blame Caselli for not wanting to throw the ball to the right field for the third time. But then you have this shift on, and no one's covering third. David Bell. And Tatis just walks over to third base. Do you understand that a cookie-cutter approach to advanced analytics does not work? Who's ever pumping this information to you? They don't know what they're doing. Gosh darn it. If this game would have had somebody else coming up, and you know what, I'm not even going to say it. Hosmer and Will Myers are somebody else that could have took this game deep, tied it up, you would have lost. There was no reason to let Tatis Jr., number one, walk against Zach Duke, who should have not been in there. And then Tatis Jr. shouldn't allow to be still in third base because you didn't have any fielder over there. You had a shift on Hosmer. And then that's why Tatis Jr. scored the run to make it 3-2. to two. So then you got the tying run at the plate with Myers. Like I said, David Bell, you almost clawed and scratched a defeat out of the hands of victory. It was insane. Anyways, so what do you have to do? Then you brought in Michael Lorenzen. And that was a good matchup. Because who else are you going to bring in? He has closing experience. But he gives up a single to Machado. Which I thought, man, this guy might take Lorenzen deep. I'm glad he didn't. And then, thank the heavens, Lorenzen strikes out Will Myers. I'm a big fan of Will Myers, but the guy's way overpaid. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. David Bell, I'm going to say it again, man. You tried to scratch and claw a defeat out of the hands of victory, man. What are you doing? You used seven pitchers. It's insane. Now, I know this was an 11-inning game, but you used five and six pitchers a game in nine innings. Anyway, so Derek Dietrich hits the bomb in the top of the 11th. It's awesome. The Reds have gone up, and then all that drama happens in the bottom of the 11th. And I want to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. See, the Padres could have kept him down like the Reds' front office did with Nick Senzel. But no, they play him at shortstop. Well, hey, Fred's front office. You need to play Nick Senzel at shortstop. Remember, Barry Larkin worked with him all last spring at shortstop. And another thing, Jose Peraz is like 0 for 22. You might as well be playing Nick Senzel at shortstop when he gets to his rehab assignment in the minors because Peraza might be a one-year wonder. I don't think he is. I think he can still put the ball in play. But he's not going to be a world beater or anything. But I'm telling you what. You need to play him at shortstop. But back to this Tatis Jr. See what the Padres did? They know they got a special talent. And they didn't want to jerk around with them on, uh, on service time. Because they're probably going to sign this guy to a seven or eight year extension. And the Reds, Cincinnati Reds, you just signed Suarez to an extension. So the service time thing is moot. So you guys get... You guys get cute with service time and analytics, and you don't know what you're doing. you got to hire the right people that know how to operate this stuff and implement analytics. So anyway, 
Fernando Tatis Jr. is leading off for the Padres. He's playing shortstop. He's bringing excitement. He hit a home run. He stole two bases. Now, you, David Bell, you helped him steal a base. So, anyway, uh, like with your goofy shift, which shouldn't have been implemented. But, anyways, do you see Reds Nation, how Nick Senzel should have been your starting shortstop? He should have been your leadoff hitter. This offense would be so much dramatically better with Nick Senzel as the leadoff hitter and shortstop. Look at Fernando Tatis Jr. bringing excitement to the Padres. They they got a winning record, man. And I'm telling you, look at the other teams doing it too. They're bringing up their players. And they're not making them wait down there. Now, some teams do. But Reds, you've already shown proven that you're going to extend a player like Suarez. That's what the Padres plan is anyway. And with the new collective bargaining agreement, the CBA that's going to come out, this whole service thing is going to be fixed anyway. It's gonna, The Players Association is done with these games. So they're going to figure out a way to put a clause in there to fix this. So front office, Dick Williams, you you just really have fumbled the football with this thing. And look at the Padres with the Tees Jr. You're in San Diego. You're seeing the excitement that a young superstar, top 100, top 20, top 10 prospect brings to the team. And what do you guys do? You screwed Senzel over for the second straight year, and he got hurt. That's the baseball god saying, guess what, Reds front office? You don't know what you're doing. Ha, ha, ha. So I'm telling you right now, Dick Williams, you got to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Anyways, to make a long story short, Reds Nation, I just want you to look at Fernando Tatis Jr. and imagine Nick Senzel bringing the excitement, the home runs, the steals, the leadoff hitter, the brand new flashy sparkly shortstop, the shortstop of the future for the Reds. And don't tell me he needs to be in center field. You don't know what you're talking about. Number one, he's never played center field in a Major League Baseball game. In fact, that was the excuse that David Bell used from the front office when they set him down to the minor league camp to preserve service time for the second year in a row. They go, well, he's never played a Major League game in center field or outfield, so that's why he's going down to the minors. You can't even make this up! Anyway, i got to calm down before I blow a gasket. Anyway, so let's get to the good things. I rarely do this, but Disco, you're number one on the good things. Six innings, two hits, one earned run, one mistake to Fernando Tatis. Should be Nick Senzel, junior home run. You only walked the batter. You could have been a little bit more efficient. 80 pitches over six. You struck out six. One walk, six Ks. Disco, you're number one on the good things list. Who's number two? I got to give number two to Derek Dietrich. He's now tied with the league, the not the league. He's tied with the team leading home runs with Jesse, Phil Mickelson, Winker with five. And he's got the RBI lead for the team. I think he's 13 RBIs. You got to continue to play him at second base every day. You extrapolate those numbers. He's going to put up at least 20-some home runs. Got to figure out how to keep him in the lineup. Even if you trade some outfielders, man, when, when Jeanette comes up. You got to do it. Uh, Dietrich is an exciting player. He's one of the players that is intense. 
He's great for the clubhouse. Anyway, to make a long story short, Derek Dietrich, you're number two on the good things list. Number three, I want to give it to Rosell Iglesias. You came in back-to-back nights, and you just struck out the side again. So the last six batters you face, Iglesias, you struck out all six of them. Man, congratulations. You got your bojo back. I knew it wasn't a problem with anything other than the mechanics and uh, rust and used for three innings. <laughs> Remember that resonation when David Bell sent him out there for the third inning and he imploded? It's just that's rookie manager mistakes. It's what you get front office for hiring a second rookie manager in a row. And I'm not even calling for David Bell's head. You got to surround him around people like a good pitch coach to help him out. Anyways, so let's get to the bad things. David Bell, you're number one on the bad things list. Joey Votto has no business leading off. Of course, you've won back-to-back games now with Joey Votto leading off, but you did lose back-to-back games before with Joey Votto leading off, so you're only batting 500 on this thing, buddy, but move him out of there. I pray that Nick Senzel gets up here and we can get a new leadoff hitter. Look at the Padres, David Bell, Dick Williams, Nick Kroll. Look at how he's made the difference. Fernando Tatis Jr., you got Nick Senzel. Who could be that guy for the Reds? Anyways, what's the bad thing number two? David Bell! You, again for the second straight night, hit your pitcher eighth. Do you know what Pete Rose said about that? If your number eight hitter is so bad that he's batting ninth behind the pitcher, he shouldn't even be up there batting ninth. He shouldn't even be on the team. I think Pete Rose might have said been on the bench, but... Point is still there. So let's go to the number three thing on the bad things list. David Bell, you used seven pitchers. Man, what are you doing? The use of Zach Duke was uncalled for. Even though he struck out the pinch hitter, I don't care. You had a save situation. You bring in Lorenzen to face three hitters. If you want, if you want backup plan Zach Duke to pitch to Hosmer, that is okay. You'd let Lorenzo know he's he's back there. But anyway, even even if Lorenzo gets the first two outs, he's still got a three to one lead. You still let him pitch to Hosmer because you got Myers coming right back there. This is baseball one hundred and one. It's not even difficult, man. I'm a civilian. Anyways, <laughs> I was sort of making a joke, movie quote. You got to just stick with it, ladies and gentlemen. So where do we go from here? Well, they're still stuck in San Diego. And uh, tomorrow it'll be another game. And uh, it's going to be exciting, I guess, because, you know, that's the point. We're in San Diego. I'm so uh, discombobulated and fired up that I don't even know what to say. But uh, to make a long story short, ladies and gentlemen, um, tomorrow it's going to be Luis Castillo, the ace of the staff, versus Eric Lauer. Now, Eric Lauer 
or Lair, or however you pronounce his name, is a nice left-handed starter that the Padres have. Him and that Lucchese are awesome. Now, Lauer doesn't have the K potential and gives up more hits. So the Reds should be able to beat him. And uh, Luis Castillo's on the mound in Petco Park. This should be a no-holds-barred Reds victory. So um, look for uh, Luis Castillo just to dominate tomorrow. It'll all be fine and dandy. And uh, we'll hopefully get another victory. So, uh, as I'll repeat it, where do we go from here? Well, you're stuck in San Diego. What can the Reds do to improve? Find a leadoff hitter. Hopefully it's Nick Senzel. Anyways, to make a longer story short, I'm going to wrap up this Reds line. It was a nice little victory, 3-2. But like I said, David Bell, you almost snatched a loss from the hands of victory, or however you say that, man. I mean, come on. You and these shifts. You, oh, by the way, before I let this go, even the Padres made fun of your shifts. The Padres announcers talked about how you had a shift on Hosmer, and they go, well, they put a shift on everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, who's right? Even the other opponents' announcers know I'm right, which is why I got a world-famous, universally known 99.7 percentage of always being right. David Bell, you cannot use advanced analytics as a cookie-cutter approach to a strategy of implementation of these advanced analytics and using shifts and every other analytic and sabermetric on the planet. So anyway, I hope you heard this, David Bell, because I'm looking at you, man. And, and it might not even be you because your office is in the front office, just like we've talked about, just like was documented in the local Cincinnati media that carries water for you in the front office and Walt Jockney's personal water bucket carriers. Anyway, to make a long story short, you cannot use a cookie-cutter approach to analytics. So who's ever feeding that stuff to you? That's why you need a better bench coach. I'm still on my Wally Backman hiring to be the bench coach Soapbox. And I know I'm not saying get rid of Freddie Benavides. Freddie Benavides could be the assistant coach. Whatever. The assistant pitch coach. Make up a position. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Have him work for the local media and carry water. They got plenty of buckets to carry. I don't care. But anyways. So I had to get that off my chest. Even the... That's when I say, when I say they're the laughing stock of the majors, I'm not joking. Anyways, from the Little Apple all the way back to Cincinnati, I am shutting this Reds Line podcast down for the night, and we will see you tomorrow night, Res Nation.